Lives are going to change over the next few weeks because we're going to learn to try to speak someone else's language instead of thinking everyone should learn to speak our language. And through this, someone will come to know God in a new way. Guys, I know it can be difficult to talk to kids about Jesus. I want to show you guys a book. Um, one of my friends, one of my, my, my best friend, actually, David Metter, wrote this book. And it's called Seven Days with God. And it is an amazing, yeah, give it up for my friend. It is an amazing book about talking to young kids like preschool and younger about Jesus Christ. It is super, super cool. Uh, whoever thought one of my high school friends would write a book about talking to kids about God, but whoever thought one of his high school friends would be the pastor here. So, but this is cool and it's on Amazon. I don't normally promote books because, you know, they're books, but this one's good. So. Uh, it is, man, it's especially for men. If you're looking for just like a God to sit down and sort of pray with your kids, uh, it's cool. We have to learn to talk to our kids about God. Uh, the stuff that we see happening in the world, if we're just sitting back going, I wish I could do something, you can do something. You can teach your kids to love Jesus Christ. And so I hope over the next few weeks, we're going to model for you what it looks like to talk to our kids in a manner that's engaging. This whole, you know, do it, God says so, or God's going to be angry at you. Stop that. Let's not do that. Let's speak in a new language to our kids and hope that they see the truth. I love this. This verse in Luke chapter 18, it says this. It says, but Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Childlike faith. You guys remember the day when you'd stand up on the kitchen table and fall in your daddy's arms without thinking about it? Like this is the faith. You remember when you just believed in God and you just believed he was good and, and, and you, didn't, you didn't have all these eight billion rules and all these things. You just believed that you loved God and God loved you. Maybe some of us need to get back to that. Maybe it's time for some of us to stand on that table and fall back into our daddy's arms again without looking around and being afraid. Childlike faith. Uh, it's beautiful. And for many of us, we've lost it. Maybe it's time to find it again. So who in this room has ever heard of Spider-Man? Just raise your hand. That's good. Everyone knows who Spider-Man is. All right, Spider-Man is one of my favorite superheroes for several reasons. One, I like him because he's flawed. Um, he's not perfect, but Spider-Man was just Peter Parker, right? He was Peter Parker before he got bit by the spider. He just walked around, you know, just walked around, didn't really have any special skills. Then he gets bit by this amazing, bitten, he gets bitten by this amazing, <laughs> Stuart's now preaching. He gets, bit, he gets bitten by this amazing spider and all of a sudden he has these incredible gifts, now Spider-Man can do things that he could not do before. His DNA had actually been altered by the spider bite. His biology was different. And now Spider-Man has gifts that are not of this world. Check it out. This is Spider-Man. Tell everyone to hang on. Raise your Ideas. I got a few. Yeah. 
it's fair to say that's not normal, right? <laughs> and people just don't do that. There's something different about Spider-Man. And notice he didn't have to get on the train and say, excuse me, everyone, I'm different. It was obvious that he was different because there was something. You know what I would do if I had that kind of power? I would spiderweb your car out of the left lane and <laughs> stick it over in the right lane when you're going 42 miles an hour on the Sheridan Highway. But, Amen. There's something different about him. He has been changed and it's undeniable. And, and I believe this is one of the most overlooked aspects of our life with Christ. Listen, when you give your life to Jesus, when you surrender your life to Christ, you are changed. You are different. You receive power that's not of this world. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. We're changed. And what I can't figure out is if we're changed and if we've received this new power, why do so many Christians still walk around like Eeyore? Thanks for noticing, Pooh. I mean, just, you know, Ten Commandments on the Capitol. No prayer in school. Why do we do this? Well, if we have this incredible power inside of us, why do we walk around whining about everything? Like, we should be so different that we don't have to tell people we're different. There should be something so incredibly winsome and good. And like when we enter the room, joy is in the room and peace is in the room and hope is in the room. That should be the effect people who have surrendered their life to Christ have on the world. But for some reason, we miss out on this. We, we receive this new life in Christ, and when that happens, there is a change between us and God. But there's also just a change in us. Like, we're, we're different. We receive power we did not have before. One of the things I love about my daughter, my daughter Kinley is six, and, and she has childlike faith. She believes that God is God and God is good, but she believes that God has given her superpowers, she does. She talks, and her superpowers are making people smile and making people laugh. And these are her superpowers. And she believes with everything in her that God, who is this amazing, she doesn't come anywhere near understanding all that we know about God, yet she still believes that God has given her power, and she believes that her ability to make you laugh and smile is a gift that God has given her for the purpose of bringing joy to the world. Childlike faith. She's young enough and naive enough to believe that she was actually created by God with certain gifts and talents that are to be used for God. There's power in my six-year-old daughter. Why does she have more power than most of us? It's because we get older and we let our own opinions and our own ignorance and our own whatever ideas and our own success and our own failures stain the beauty of what God has given us. But Kinley has, the, has this faith in it and it says, you know, God created me unique and different and, and I've got this and, and, I'm, and I'm working it out and I'm learning to use it and, and it brings her joy and peace. You know what we do as adults? We just argue about what's a spiritual gift and what's not. We argue about what gift you should have and what gift you shouldn't have and whether you need this one or that one. You know what people like Kinley do? They just use the gifts that God's been giving them. Which one is more fulfilling? 
Which one has a, has a better chance of, of building up the body? Listen to Romans chapter 12. This is cool. Romans 12, 4 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, and we have different gifts according to the grace in each of us. If the gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the most simple verse in the entire world, and my daughter understands it. If you've been given a gift, use it and use it well. We are all members of this amazing body. And all of us have been given gifts and talents for the purpose of building up the body. Yet so many of us fail to use them. I've come to believe that God made me unique for my calling in this world. And I've been given a gift. And I believe I have a gift. And the gift I believe God has given me is to be fearless. That wasn't such a gift when I was a child. Uh, My mom will probably vouch for that. Uh, because I really don't, ha- I never have had a lot of fear of consequences. Uh, and boundaries to me were just sort of this nebulous idea, like those little triangle signs, yield. Or, I mean, it was just, you know, or math. It wasn't really, it wasn't really something real. It was just something you just navigated through. So all my life, like learning to use these, these things, God created me to be this way. God created me to be fearless But it wasn't until I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ that these things actually began to be used for the kingdom. And now God has taken things that he designed in me and things that I was really bumping my head learning to use. And now he's using those things for his glory. I call my brother Jeff all the time. I'm like, man, I got it. Jeff's a preacher in Fort Smith and he's like me, but more cerebral, whatever that means. And so... I call him on meaning he thinks before he talks. So I call him, and I'm like, Jeff, I got an idea. And he's like, I wouldn't dream of doing that, but you might as well. Because <laughs> here we just kind of do things sometimes because we don't have a lot of fear of consequence. And we don't, and so we just move. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But God is using this gift for the purpose of building the kingdom. Now, I had some, some pain learning to use it. Kinley's Gonna, her gift is making people laugh and smile, and there's going to be a little pain as she learns to use that because she's having to learn there is a time and a place to make people laugh and smile. And I empathize. Believe me, I get it. She's having to learn that. Everyone has to learn to use. As a matter of fact, Spider-Man, as he was learning to use his gift, he experienced a little pain. Check this out.
Up, up and away, Web! Shazam! Go! Go! Go, Web, go! Watching that, and I was laughing, thinking when a 42-year-old tries to be relevant, he uses Spider-Man clips from 2002. <laughs> There's been like nine Spider-Man since then. It would have been more, but that's the last one I saw. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> But there is, there's some pain, right? As, as we learn to live into these new lives, as we learn to live into these gifts that we've been given, there is some pain associated with it. Believe me, because I, I, I've tried to teach people who have money the gift of giving, and there's some pain associated when you have those conversations. It's tough. We have to learn to grow into these things. We have to learn to use the gifts that we have been given. But the truth is there is something inside of all of you. My six-year-old daughter should not be the most powerful person in this room today. There is power inside of every single person who has surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. There is God is cultivating inside of you something incredible and something extraordinary and something remarkable. And we must learn to use the gifts we've been given. Judy Baker, stand up for me back there. Guys, uh, if you don't know what your gift is, we're doing signups for C3s out in the lobby. Judy is leading, uh, how many weeks is yours? About a six-week study on learning to use the spiritual gifts inside. If you don't have any idea what you're gifted to do, go talk to Judy outside afterwards. But can you imagine, like, can you imagine if we actually learn to use our gifts and then we begin to convince our kids that they had gifts? When your daughter says, I've got a superpower, your response wasn't no. Your response was absolutely God gave you that. Like if we, if we really begin to speak into our children, into our sons and daughters and say, man, you were created by God with purpose and power and you're going to do things that I never dreamed of. You know how hard it is to convince 40-year-olds of that? Why don't we start convincing them when they're two and three and four and five? And it's not just Clarissa's job to teach your kid about God. It's your job to teach your kid about God. You don't outsource your, your Jesus lessons to somebody else. We'll come along beside you. But that needs to be happening in the home. It needs to be happening. We need to be speaking into our children's lives and telling them who they are because the world is trying to convince them. The world's trying to convince them of one message. We've got to convince them of something else. And so what they must see from us is grace and truth and love and authority because that's the way they fall in love with a God of grace and truth and love and authority. Do not just assume they know Jesus introduce them. Woo them to Christ the way Christ has wooed you to himself. Like show them the truth. There's this incredible verse in Romans 15. I'm reading this from the message version. I just think it's beautiful here. And it says, those of us who are strong and able in the faith, 
We need to step up and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what's most convenient for us. Listen this time. Strength is for service, not for status. Ooh. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Spider-Man learned a very important lesson from his grandfather. It's in the beginning. Hear the words in the very beginning of this last clip. This is Game Changer. With great power comes great responsibility. Remember that, Pete. Remember that. This is not a man. My brother saw him building a nest in the Lincoln Center fountain. I think he's human. I think he's a man. Could be a woman. Bobby, get a load of this. <laughs> Throws up his hands, ropes come out and he climbs up the ropes like a spider web. I see the web, and it's his signature, and, and I know Spider-Man was here. The guy protects us, you know? He protects the people. Ah, some kind of freaky Lewis something. I do. He stinks, and I don't like him. <laughs> don't move! <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. With great... What if, what if we still believe that? With great power comes great responsibility. And I love it as, as Spider-Man begins to use this power that he has, not everybody likes him. The power we've been given by God is not necessarily the power to be popular. It's not the power to win every argument. It's not the power to, to talk over everybody on Facebook. As a matter of fact, stop it. It's not the power to do any of those things. It's the power to use everything you have for the glory of God. It's the power to be used as you were designed to be used. It's the power to allow all of your body and all of your mind to be used as a sacrifice for the God who knits you together before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. Are you telling this to your kids? Are you speaking this over your kids? You are chosen and you are special and you are sacred. And there is no one like you. No one like you. And you were designed with greatness. If you're going to speak it over your kids, you've got to start believing it about yourself. I want to tell you guys about some superheroes who go to church here. I've got, I've got friends who are superheroes, kind of like the Justice League, this kind of crew I'm in. And, um, but cooler, um, I've got two friends who I believe are superheroes, and their names are Chris and Katie Neal. Uh, amen. Their superhero names are Macho Nacho and Hug Lady. <laughs> and Chris and Katie, to me, embody what I'm talking about when I'm talking about superheroes because they have truly come to believe that everything they have is for the glory of God. And when it doesn't make sense to the world around them, when the world around them says that's a bad idea, they say, we're going to do what God tells us to do no matter what, and we're going to push forward. Guys, there was a period in their life 
when, when they were trying to reach a level of generosity in their giving. And, and I know y'all, y'all love it when I tell this story. For a year, in order to give, and by the way, I do not recommend anyone else doing this particular thing, but they ate nothing but Spam and Cheetos. <laughs> Am I lying? <laughs> spam and Cheetos for a year. The world would say that, as a matter of fact, their cardiologist would say that's a bad idea. But the point is, everything for the glory of God, I don't care what. Listen, Chris Neal, he had the opportunity. He's, he's a licensed local pastor. He's almost done with seminary. He had the opportunity to stay with the United Methodist Church that, that, that we're leaving. He had, to, he had to, the opportunity to stay united. And should he have, had he stayed united, he would have had for the rest of his life a house and the rest of his life a pension and the rest of his life a paycheck, and the rest of his life health insurance. He would have been guaranteed all those things for the rest of his life. But he's coming with us because he believes this is where God is calling him to go. That doesn't make a lot of sense. (laughs) But it's fearless. And two people. And Katie, Katie talking to people and doing those, that's, that's not her biggest comfort zone. Yet she stepped out of it because she believes that God has given her gifts and graces to build community. And if you're connected in this church, you're connected because of Katie. Superheroes. There is greatness in you. And there is power in you. And with that power should come responsibility. We must decide that we will use the gifts we have to bring glory to God and that we will tell our sons and daughters. Listen, I just want to throw this out there. If you had to go back over the last year, what would your kid say more important to you, baseball or Jesus Christ? If you had to go back over the last year, what would your kid say is more important to you, your job or Jesus Christ? Based on the amount of time you've spent or the amount of money you've invested in it, what would your kids say is most important to you? It's time to win them back. It's time to win them back. We have the opportunity to lay a foundation that can break generational chains. This is the way we rescue the world. Use the power you've been given and teach your sons and daughters to do the same. If you're still living like Peter Parker, Maybe it's time to act like Spider-Man. Let me pray.